We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Get the Charge podcast, presented by Blue Art Podcast Network. My name is Steven, and I'm the host, as always, and joining is my guy, Tyler. Tyler, I appreciate the uh, flexibility tonight. Usually, we record Thursday at, at 5 p.m. Uh, Utah had a nice football game today, so I appreciate you being willing to uh, wait it out with me. Appreciate everybody in the chat for waiting and uh, catching up with us tonight as well. Uh, but what's up, man? How you doing? Doing pretty well. I had no excuse. You know, what are you doing at 9 p.m. on a Thursday? nothing you know, so I, <laughs> I can make myself available how was that for you how was that uh, opening victory for utah it was a lot of fun man it, it really was a lot of fun this was uh the biggest home opener in utah history this was the first time the university of florida has left the state of florida for a non-conference football game since 1991 uh this is the first sec team that utah has ever hosted so it was a it was a big big game. Obviously, needed some revenge for last year as well, and uh, you know, defense came out firing, and it was uh, it was a ton of fun to watch. Who's the uh, the the guy to watch this year? Who's, who's or in the draft, I should say. Yeah, so from a draft uh, perspective, I think Utah has uh, a couple of guys that could be top one hundred picks. The first one is Cole Bishop. If you watch the game, uh, you saw him all over the field. Uh, he had a forced fumble. He had a sack. He's their safety. Uh, I, I think he has a chance to be 
the best safety in Utah history. And and that's a program that has really cranked out some, some really nice safeties as, as we very well know. Um, offensively, they have a great left guard named Keaton Bills. He's an older guy, but um, he's one of the best run blocking, pass protecting guards in the country. In my opinion, he was dominant tonight. Uh, Florida, as we talked about beforehand, has a 440 pound <laughs> defensive tackle and uh, Keaton Bills <laughs> made light work of him in the run game today. So, Wow. Those are the two main guys. There's some other ones that could be late round picks, but Cole Bishop definitely should be a guy that is on uh, people's radar if you're an NFL draft nerd. Yeah, I love it. I've and and by no you know, listen, you're a Utah fan, so like I, I semi root for them because I, I want you to be happy and stuff like that. But <laughs> I've come to like some of these Utah players. You know, obviously Dalton yeah. Kincaid, tight end one, Devin Boyd, linebacker one, that sort of thing. Um, even Ford, even Daniels. Is it Ford? The interior yeah, the center. Yeah, 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 yeah. Him, Daniels, those guys. I've grown to like some of these Utah players. So Bishop sounds awesome. Uh, good luck to you guys this year. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, you always know what you're going to get out of Utah players when it comes to their evaluation. Tough physical guys. Uh, <laughs> so the the Cam rising uh, towards ACL in the uh, Rose Bowl, and then the backup quarterback lacerated his kidney in uh, in the scrimmage. So Utah's third string quarterback is a is a little pig farmer. He's from this tiny, tiny little town in Utah, and he his family owns a pig farm. And uh that's that's kind of like the encapsulation of Utah football, man. Just tough, hard-nosed guys. And uh it's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, everyone seems to suggest that your coach, I mean, like that, just finds guys. You know, they're not always I don't know if the recruiting class has changed and shifted into being like a top 10, top five sort of place, but Regardless of who they have, it just seems like they find ways to be competitive. Yeah. Yeah, it's improved a ton over the last few years. This past recruiting class that are freshmen right now, I think, was a top 20 class. So mm. uh, we'll see how we'll see how that goes. But uh, I, I appreciate you really being willing to talk about some Utah football tonight. Uh, obviously, have a lot of charter stuff to get into as well with the uh, finalizing of the practice squad, as well as a, a kind of surprising roster decision on the 53. Um, let's start with that one. The Chargers ultimately deciding to claim linebacker Tanner Muse and uh, in a corresponding move, deciding to move on from Xander Horvath. Although it sounds like he's going to be on the practice squad apparently right. he's at the facility today. Uh, we kind of penciled him in right because of his special teams ability. I'm not super surprised that they're moving on from a fullback because that's not super valuable in Kellen Moore's offense. But what do you make of this decision, Tyler? Yeah, it's it's not a surprise in that regard, right? And at this point, we had accepted the fact that this was him making the roster for the day that he did was not going to be about him on offense. And we we had talked and you know, we had been sort of concerned with his roster spot potentially before camp, like okay. You know, Kellen Moore does not use fullbacks or he has not the last three years. And lo and behold, we get a training camp and he's like absent most of the days that I'm there. I think it took until like two weeks in for us to finally hear he got like that one, you know, roll out bootleg, fourth down throw sort of thing. And it's like, okay, there's the play. Um, but that was it. And so but I just figured, okay, maybe like a Nick Neiman, like an Amen Ogbongbamiga, maybe never seeing these guys on their side of the football. But they're special teamers, and that's why you keep them. And then, of course, they, they cut them. So uh, it counts for us in the sense that we picked him <laughs> to make the roster, and he did. Yeah. It just lasted uh, not very long. 
Um, and I was, I was really wondering, okay, well, you're having another sixth linebacker. Interesting. Why would you carry six linebackers? I get why you could have six last year because Kava and Oya was like half of one, you know, but, but partially edge as well. So, okay, maybe you can carry six. Uh, and then you find out that Deion Henley uh, had a hamstring injury. So a lot of moving parts, a lot of different things. It's a bummer that Henley has this hamstring injury. Hopefully yeah. not too concerning, but claiming a linebacker that quick and cutting your fullback, I don't know. I, I hope for, for the best for Henley, but it sounds like some bad luck to start. Yeah, I don't know. Brandon Staley wasn't super keen on like providing a timeline here. Um, so I, I'm not going to rush to, you know, think that this really is about Dan Henley. I don't, although maybe this we can talk about this, you know, having a little bit more confidence in Tanner Muse right now. But, um, you know, Tanner Muse was uh, one of the best special team players in the league in 2022 for uh, the Seattle Seahawks. He was a guy who, I think had the second most snaps of any player in the league in terms of special team snaps. He almost had 400 total snaps on the year. Um, so he's a guy that they're going to trust right away as a special teams player. And Brandon City said as much that Ryan Ficken and Chris Gold uh, were super high on his ability as a special teams player. Um, for what it's worth, I think he was the highest graded coverage linebacker in the preseason. Um, that's really who he is. He's, you know, if you look at his preseason snaps, there's not a lot of run defense. It's a lot of coverage snaps. Um, so honestly, like he is kind of a similar player to like what I would have expected out of Dayon Henley this year, which is, you know, some third down snaps on defense, you know, coverage snaps, some pass, uh, some, uh, pass rushing every now and then maybe you can put him out to the slot a little bit against bigger tight ends. That's kind of what Tanner Muse has been in the NFL. Again, not, not a sub not a sub down player at all he's he's exclusively like a third down linebacker so um it, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with mr tanner muse but um I'm, i am a little surprised that they moved on from horvath so quickly because we all heard like from day one uh, of training camp like he's great on special teams he's our guy on special teams we really love him on special teams he's core four special teams player and he's the one that they cut if they had decided to cut like a stone smart or trey mckitty i would have been like yeah I totally get it, but sure. Um, cutting Horvath, I think, is is an interesting uh, decision, decision here. Yeah, and then I'm curious who makes up for his role. Because, yes, there are maybe some things that Tanner Muse could do, fine. But there's sure. a whole blocking part of it that just has not really been Ryan Ficken's style in terms of the two guys that are in front of the returner. So, you know, is it now Joshua Kelly, Isaiah Spiller? Is Dotson involved? Do you want both your backups behind? I, mean, I guess you have to. Well, the running backs behind Austin Eckler to be involved in that regard, I guess so. So it's just a surprise. You you spend so much time with Xander Horvath, clearly as your starting guy. Like it's not like he was the third guy, the fourth guy out there, and he played some fullback. And like the you know he was he was the guy. Like he was consistently one of those guys out there. So it's a bit of a surprise um, in that regard because I don't really know what their plan is after that. Like, obviously, look, in, in Ryan Ficken, we trust. Um, but it's just like you go through the entire preseason with him as your guy, and then poof, like he's... Yeah. No, again, he's on the practice squad, and things could change. Maybe they go, oh, never mind. Elevate him, elevate him, sign him, and then this is a useless conversation. But yeah. um, I guess we'll see. They have a week and uh, four days to find out, three days to find yeah. out. Yes, week one is uh, coming quick here. So 
you know, special teams, I think it maybe, you know, uh, points to some optimism, optimism about Elijah Dotson being able to carve out a role there. You've pointed this out on kick return. Uh, it's always been like Joshua Kelly and Xander Horvath being like the two guys in front of the kick returner. Maybe that becomes a place for Elijah Dotson. Maybe that becomes a place for Stone Smart, for example, too. So, you know, these other guys are going to have to carve out a role there and, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Again, offensively, not super shocked that this was, you know, the decision. Kellen Moore has, I think you pointed out that the highest snaps from a fullback one year was like 10 or something like that. Like, it's just not super common in Kellen Moore's offense. Yeah, it was, I think his first year, and I don't recall who the player was, it was like, okay, a couple hundred snaps or something. Mm -hmm. And then it was like three, the next three years total. So it's like, yeah, he. I don't know who the first fullback was or if he needed to do that or didn't want to mess up the flow of what was going on when he got there. But after he was established, it was nothing. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I do feel like if Xander were a better blocker, I think he may, I think this doesn't happen. And, you know, not to say that the Chargers have a great blocking tight end unit either, but, you know, <laughs> I, I think this is an indication that maybe you can expand Stone Smart's role a little bit and, you know, use him kind of like a Steven Anderson type like they did a couple of years ago mm-hmm. um, and pray for some development from Trey McKitty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I pray for sure. Um, <laughs> I, I suppose they must feel if you use Stone Smart like that, you can probably throw more looks out there with Stone Smart than you can with Xander Horvath. With yeah. him, you know, you're running it. It's fourth and one. You're throwing it to him in the flat, or it's fourth and one. You're handing very it limited that, for sure. And that's that's pretty much it. And and two coordinators that now have basically shown that that's kind of what they think of him. You know, we thought it was maybe just a Joe Lombardi thing, and oh, now he'll be unlocked. Callum Moore's gone. Yeah, no, I kind of feel the same way. It seems. Um, so yeah. I think with Stone Smart, you can do a bit more as a blocker, and of course as a receiver. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll see how that one goes. As for now, uh, the Chargers roster has not changed outside of that one spot, but we'll see if that uh, changes this week. So um, big moves on the practice squad um, to discuss today. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, let's talk about some of the veterans that this team has added first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- there is a rule in the practice squad uh, construction that you have to have a certain amount of veteran presence versus like younger presence. So the mm. the team is not just like you can go out and sign 16 players, regardless of how old they are. Like you do have to have some vested veterans on the team. So uh, the Chargers obviously decided to bring back Christian Cummington, uh, a nice little story, defensive tackle who's been with the team previously, um, as well as bringing in tight end Nick Vanette, who I feel like I've talked about on this show like oh, yeah. 17 times previously. <laughs> Um, and then Alex Erickson, a receiver who's a bit more of a returner at this point, um, you know, providing some special teams depth there as well. Although uh, our guy who spent some summer, who spent the summer in New York, said that Alex Erickson, Erickson had some nice moments as a receiver as well. Um, and then the final veteran that we have to talk about is safety Dean Marlowe, who actually uh, played for Brandon Staley at James Madison University. So bit of a full circle moment there that can also paint to uh, how quickly Brandon Staley has risen through the ranks there. But Tyler, what'd you make of this veteran group that the Chargers have put on the practice squad? Yeah, I wanted to go look up the snap counts and just looking between last year and this year, the practice squads. So last year's practice squad, and it was mostly just Christian Covington doing all the heavy lifting here. They had 3,200 NFL snaps to their name. 
this practice squad as it currently stands has 7,856. Nice. The Chargers are clearly leaning into not just having veterans, but guys who are, you know, good, bad, I don't know, but they have experience and legitimately meaning experience, you know, meaningful experience. And that includes Hankins. He hasn't played much, but he's been in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, I, I think the Chargers know that at each of these spots, especially with where they added, a lot of question marks. Mm-hmm. Darius Davis, you're pretty sure you feel pretty good about. He's not being cut by any means. But just in case, let's have a, a veteran returner slash receiver on the practice squad. You know, um, Chris Hinton, Scott Madlock, you feel good about them. Nick Williams is your veteran, but, you know, maybe not so sure. So let's have Christian Covington come back. And Otito, I still don't know about that injury. We'll find out. Tight end, um, nobody feels comfortable without that tight end group. I'm not saying Nick Bennett's going to come in and be outstanding by any means. But, you know, the, the 700 or 800 yards that he has in the NFL – it's more than the other three guys you have behind Gerald Everett combined. I'm not saying that makes him better than those guys, but you you have something there with him. And then Marlowe, exactly. And Dean Marlowe, um, again, safety room. You have AJ Finley, who again, we had no idea he was making the roster. Raheem Lane, special teamer, barely has played. Don't really know about JT Woods. Although he Gilman, you feel good about him, still don't know a lot about him. So the Chargers at all these spots where they have a lot of youth, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of you know, very young new faces first and mm-hmm. second year places uh, faces they decided to find some veteran presences behind them just in case because they can't go into the regular season play all these young guys and go oh crud we went over four on these guys and their decisions and oops we have point. no backup plan so they go okay if we have to we can elevate this guy here for this game this guy here for this game he just gets it maybe they're not better in the long run but for the next three games or until the bye we trust yeah. them a bit more so I think that's a very smart move on their part. Again, 3,200 snaps in 2022, almost 8,000 this year. It just, I think it'll make a difference for a team that really has to win this year. Yeah, I love the way that you framed that. Just the the flexibility it can give them, especially after the bye week. You know, there are these young guys who, hey, like, you know, Trey McKitty showed a lot of uh, really fun flashes as a rookie. Um, it has not worked out to him at this point, but um, you know, maybe he just needed to get to the regular season and maybe he, some pressure on him can, can light a fire a little bit. Um, but if it doesn't, you have a guy like Nick Vanette to come in and, and stabilize that position. Um, Nick Vanette is not an elite blocker by any means. I think he's an slightly above average blocker, but listen, man, like that's an improvement over what the Chargers have had at the position <laughs> over the last few years. Um, you know, it, it's, he's a guy who is going to be very solid. He's going to, you know, uh, know his assignments and he's going to be able to control the edges at a higher level than what we've seen from Trey McKitty and Donald Parham. So um, is he a guy that I expect to come in and kind of light the team on fire and just like be this difference maker? No, but I know that he'll be a solid stable presence. And right now, like there are some of these positions that you mentioned that the chargers just need to either see some improvement or have a very safe floor player in those spots. And tight end is one of them. You know, we've talked, on this channel, on the Chargers channel, about how much this team wants to run the football and how important it is to have good blocking tight ends. And that has not been the case for the Chargers thus far. So you can yeah. do some things to mitigate that risk, right? Like you can bring in Will Clapp or Jordan McFadden as an extra blocker. You can run out of 11 personnel. But eventually, like you're going to need extra tight ends to, to block and contribute. 
And so I think bringing in Nick Vanette and these other guys like Dean Marlowe just makes a lot of sense and, and elevates the floor a little bit of the depth. Yeah, you can pull the ripcord at any point. And listen, some of these guys just need to develop or they haven't proved it or whatever. And so you don't need to wait through the entire season to find another guy. Again, I don't know if these guys will be good, but at least you have a nice plan in place. Like, okay, our tight end blocking unit, we, we went into the year, went into this training camp thinking they'd improve. We haven't seen a ton. We maybe feel good about them getting there, maybe, but we aren't so sure. Two games in, disaster. You go, all right, we've got a guy that's been here for three weeks now. Let's call him up. Um, let's activate him. So I, I just think that's very smart on their part. My only remaining question with that whole group and the practice squad as a whole is tackle. But then do you feel like Zach Bailey is the guy that they would bring up as a tackle or actually is that pleasance and if so how do you feel about that <laughs> <laughs> uh listen man i thought zach Bailey did enough to earn a spot on the roster and i thought that he should be the swing tackle like period um i would hope that it's not austin pleasance uh because he's i think it's cool that the charters kept their top 11 offensive linemen if you will you know they have the nine on the active roster and then Bailey and Pleasance, those those eleven guys were their main guys of the of the training camp and preseason. Um, but I I would be very very hesitant to trust Austin Pleasance against like legitimate starting pass rushers like Zach Bailey. I feel good about. I think he's proven that uh, he can hold up against those kind of players. I think he's had some good moments in uh, training camp against the Chargers guys. He had he held up well against the Saints, who were starting their their main guys. So. Um, I, I am surprised that Zach Bailey is back. Honestly, um, I heard that he had other options and was considering those other options, um, and obviously decided to stick around and and stick with a place that he is familiar and comfortable. But mm. these players don't always make those decisions. You know, Taiwan Mullen is signing with the with the Eagles. I don't know if the Chargers offered him a spot or not, but. You know, some of these guys look for other opportunities and and try and get onto a fifty three because that's that's how the nature of the business works. So, um, I think the Chargers are very fortunate to get Zach Bailey back, and I hope that he is their tackle activated from the practice squad if necessary. Have they in the last two seasons, or I guess even previously, if there's an injury to a player, have they signed an external guy that has then also? received snaps at tackle or has it just been next man up first with the swing so in sort of jamari and then whoever's from the practice squad um last year it was just foster um i mm, obviously we had the he who should not be named to win denver game at guard so they've done that at guard <laughs> Uh, Senor Calamente, for those who don't know. Um, oh, they know. They know. Yeah, they remember. The North, the, the South remembers or whatever. The South are. remembers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> At tackle, though, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to think. Maybe Joe Barksdale, but I don't, I don't remember enough about what that situation was like when they signed him. I think they signed him to start. I feel like they had like a two, three mil or three year deal for him to start. I, I thought know. he was that like a, I thought he was like a summer You're right. signing. You're right. I think he was a signing for the year, then got a contract, but then after the first year of that new contract, Tebby replaced him. I don't know. Somebody knows. <laughs>
But yeah, at, at tackle, I think it's it's a bit tougher. But I'm excited that Zach Bailey is back. I think that he showed a lot of yeah. great things in the preseason. Um, you know, that that ninth offensive lineman spot is is going to be inactive, right? So Brennan Hymas is not going to be, like, playing. But, you know, we'll see what happens there. Um, all right, before we continue to dive into this uh, this practice squad, do have a, a new ad that we have to read from our friends over at Ticketmaster. Um, as you guys can see, I would have loved to be in Salt Lake City for the for the uh, Utah game tonight, but I wasn't able to. So uh, it's more fun to be there for there for the Chargers live in the stadium. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster has got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Chargers and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you a 360-degree preview of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Again, go find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash Chargers for your Chargers tickets. Appreciate Ticketmaster for uh, supporting the show. Yeah, there's a, a few games coming up, guys. And I'll tell you what. You know what one of the best things about going to see Metallica was? actually being in the fan majority in the stands. So I would appreciate if you guys <laughs> could join me in the stands as a Chargers fan, as a season ticket holder, entering my 10th year. Please use Ticketmaster or whatever. Buckets Ticket Scalper. But Ticketmaster, you know, more verified and safer. Yeah. Use them. Get there. Join me. Don't leave me. Every time we play the Raiders, it's like me, my dad, and 75,000 Raiders fans. <laughs> Let's at least... Lower that just a little bit, please. Help. Yeah. Help me. <laughs> help. help. Help me. Help you. Let's help get, me. Let's, yeah. yeah, let's get that to a 50-50 split this year. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, please. Please. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, Tyler. Uh, let, let's dive back into this practice squad here. Obviously, we talked about the decision to uh, make Max Duggan a uh, roster cut. Chargers carrying just the two quarterbacks on the active roster, but he's back on the practice squad. Uh, what are your thoughts there? uh will greer is also on a practice squad for the bengals i believe and so i wish that could have been maybe been the switch but this was the plan it seemed i don't know all along is the right way to put it but at least as, as far as roster projections this is kind of seems what they wanted tom telesco in his interview either with popper or smith i can't remember said that yeah you know we'd like to have him back on the practice squad so great glad he's there again he's he's not playing this year but i'm glad he was able to stick around you burnt a draft pick on him uh so let's let's hope he develops yeah you know the the chargers obviously cutting their seventh round draft picks uh this week is is not a great look for that seventh rounder that they traded for dustin hopkins but we'll see what that becomes you know maybe it maybe it becomes a dean leonard you know maybe that maybe that's the positive outlook there yeah um but i i think max duggan like i think they knew that he was a longer term project and people uh would have indicated come draft time um you know we'll see do you guys have a cat now <laughs> no we're watching my sister-in-law's cat and now she decided <laughs> to join the stream so here we go um we have the kitty and a kitty uh there you go, go. <laughs> yeah not my cat uh here we go this is akira uh, akira all right yeah here's akira there's her all right. i just look up and i see the, <laughs> see this cat crawling around all right yeah there no yeah um cameos cameos there we go we got galadriel one of these days i'll get Sully on here we'll see how that goes but he's kind of obnoxious so will he go on your neck too no but like so i work up here right on fridays and um Sully always comes and hangs out like under my desk and sleeps on my feet so it's really cute um, jorge saying i'm dr doolittle um currently my beta fish is swing is, is dead in the tank oh um, so i've currently done little to take care of that he died yes he died today so cameos that's funny cameos very good well, rest in peace to the fish though yeah anyway i feel bad it's all like better blocker than mckinney all right no i'm <laughs> kidding uh um, but yes I, I think max duggan back on the practice squad makes sense for both sides you know there were some people out there saying that you know such and such team should go claim him and then like I just think it's tough to justify Max Duggan on an active roster based off of what we've seen from him in the preseason and in training camp. Obviously, other teams are not at training camp, but you know the accuracy, the ball placement just needs a lot of work. And Easton Sick was the same way, to be fair, and and he's come a long way. So maybe this becomes a situation that Max Duggan can really develop in. Um, you know, and, I, and like we've talked about, I, I wouldn't really expect to see him on the active roster if anything happens to Herbert or Stick. I feel mm-hmm. like they would just go sign somebody off the street, one of these veterans out there to come in and uh, play that role. But uh, I'm glad that he's back on the practice squad regardless. Yeah, the positive outlook here is that if you feel like he, they have similar skill sets and you can develop them, Easton Stick had to go through different coaches, different offensive coordinators, COVID, an atrocious set of offensive linemen. 
And it, it's no surprise that like this is finally the year that Easton Stick had like a really good game. The lines improved and the players have improved. And I, I think the coordinator has improved. So Max Duggan, if this is kind of it for Easton Stick, and you know, I don't I don't know how long he'll stick around or how long Duggan will stick around, but Duggan will have several years to work with superior line play, yeah, um, coordinator situation, et cetera. Yeah, exactly. All right. In terms of the other practice squad members, um, you know, a lot of people thought maybe Gerard Clark uh, would get claimed. He's back. Um, the two edge rushers, Andrew Farmer and Brevin Allen, are back. Um, those are kind of the the young players on defense, and obviously CJ Okoye up front that the Chargers are investing in more uh, defensive linemen on the practice squad this year. Mm. Um, obviously, those four and Christian Covington. I think usually we've only seen three or four on the practice squad in terms of defensive linemen. So the Chargers get five. Of course, CJ Okoye counts as, as an extra body here. But I like that construction uh, of just adding more defensive line depth to the, the stables and giving them some guys that they can develop uh, with that group. Yeah, I'm really curious what their faith in these guys is because last year they went, okay, we're not keeping any of these guys. And I'd rather sign, you know, 39-year-old Jeremiah Tauchu from the 2014 class than see any of these guys on the practice squad play. And then they had Derek Tuska as well. So I'm really curious. Now, Joey Bosa got hurt in the third game. So hopefully that well, hopefully it doesn't happen. Um, I'm curious how confident they'd be in these guys. Um, I'm assuming, I feel like Andrew Farmer would be the, the next guy up. Um, but I'm curious if they would make him the next guy up. Um, but overall, still really like this group. Gerard Clark, I'm a little surprised, honestly, that he didn't get claimed during waivers. Yeah. Uh, I, guess, I guess it's NFL viewpoint versus, you know, scouting and, you know, media, draft media, draft Twitter viewpoint that seemed to like him as like an actual early day three pick, maybe even a late day two pick, um, did well in the preseason. So I'm a little surprised there. I get that his role is very defined, but he played pretty well. Yeah, you know, he was a guy we talked about on the Chargers channel, right? Like Draft Twitter loved him. The Chargers paid him a really, really big signing bonus to get him here as an undrafted free agent. Um, and then he went out and led the league in run stop percentage among all defensive linemen. So I think there's a lot of technique things that, you know, he needs to improve upon. I think uh, Chargers Twitter really kind of overvalued him in that regard. And, and listen, like he made a ton of plays, but you know, it's just the pad level needs work. The hand the hand usage needs some work. Um, and I think just like from a conditioning standpoint, I don't think he's used to really like NFL speed on a on a game to game basis. So I, he's a project that I'm very interested in keeping around because that uh, physicality and length that he plays with is pretty rare. Um, but there are definitely some things that he needs to clean up, and I'm excited to. Uh, have him in in this room like we've talked about with Jay Rogers, him and CJ Okoye mm -hmm. certainly yeah. feels like the biggest defensive tackle practice squad duo in the league. <laughs> Those two oh, guys yeah. both weighing 330, 330, 340 <laughs> pounds. So um I, like I said, I like the youth uh, of the defensive line that's on the practice squad. And then you get a guy like mm -hmm. Christian Covington that can come in and fill in some gaps as well. What what do you make of Covington coming back? Because that <laughs> oh, Tito's I, not ready. I know Tito's not ready, but do we think we see Covington playing ahead of like Christopher Hinton? Like, is that something we could be seeing in the mix here? Hmm. Or Scott Mallock? Yeah, my, huh. 
I don't know why in my brain it was easier for me to say over Scott Madlock than Hinton. Because Hinton, yes, he's been in the league longer, but it's like negligible difference in terms of snap counts. Um, I don't know, man. Austin Johnson's fully cleared, right? There's no, like, he's yeah. good to go as far as we're aware. I don't think he's going to be, like, 100% active. Like, I do think Morgan Fox plays more than him. Mm. Um, but, like, physically, he's cleared, like, for sure. I, I mean, you don't... Well, okay. The first thing is that money is money. And if this was his only opportunity, then, hey, money's money. I totally get it. But... I don't know if you join this team if you don't feel like you have any opportunity to do anything this year. Yeah. At the same time, it's a bit of a logjam that only becomes more of a logjam if Otito comes back. And the only way Covington plays is if you would make Matlock inactive and keep Covington active. I don't know. Last year, the way they played it with Otito was he was inactive for a few games, I believe. And then they finally switched it over to him playing a lot more meaningful snaps. And then he got hurt. Is that what happened? Did did Covington get signed and then play over an inactive Otito to start the season? Um, You mean last year, right? Yeah. Well, so Fajoko made the 53, and then they right. cut him and put Covington on the active roster. Mm-hmm. And then Covington and Otito kind of switched back and forth for... Right, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah, that's what it was. Maybe just matchup dependent. I don't know. Maybe you feel yeah. he can play the run better than Matlock or something. I don't know. But I, I just I just don't think you come back to a situation like this. They've already been cut from, technically twice. And... And 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 that's kind of it. So again, money's money. If this is the only opportunity, <laughs> cool. Take the money. But I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I'm I'm not surprised that he's back. Like he was working out at the facility all spring long up until free agency hit. And then there's like the rules that that you know prohibit guys who are not like actually on the roster from working out, but so I kind of figured that they would bring him back at some point. I just figured that he would be with them in training camp, right? And like being on the roster. Yeah. But, um, you know, there's obviously a really good relationship there. You know, maybe Jay Rogers just really likes him. I think that this the six on the roster will stay on the roster for now. Yeah. But, you know, Cummington is a guy who I think definitely they would trust to be activated over Gerard Clark and mm-hmm. CJ Koye. And obviously we'll see what happens with Latito. Yeah, no, definitely in that regard. Definitely over Okoye, definitely over Clark, respectfully. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, Also on the practice squad, receivers Terrell Bynum and Keelan Doss. Uh, John Hightower not on the practice squad. I don't think I've seen him sign anywhere else just yet. Uh, But we kind of viewed Keelan Doss as, as that wide receiver six, right? I think that could still be the case. I wouldn't be shocked if... We saw him be activated the first few weeks. Gives them some flexibility while Jalen Guyton continues to recover. Um, but good thing for him to come back. And Terrell Bynum, I think, would mm-hmm. kind of a surprise. A lot of people really favored Pokey Wilson uh, in that group. But Terrell Bynum had some really good moments. And um, I think showed enough to this team to warrant this selection. So 
I would love some speed here uh, with the receiver groups, uh, you know, on the practice squad. Maybe that's Alex Erickson's role, but um, I'm cool with Keelan Doss coming back and being that, you know, uh, receiver in a pinch role. Uh, you got me there. What is Alex Erickson's RAS? What is his 40 time? Well, he's little, up. so I don't think his RAS overall is going to be that high. <laughs> but four, I think five, he's four. fast. He ran a 4-5? Four, 4-5-4. Five. Four, five, four. Alex Erickson from Wisconsin. I'm assuming that's the same guy. Uh, yeah, it's faster than me, so good for him. Um, <laughs> it's definitely faster, faster than me. <laughs> Look at that. There you go. Um, <laughs> can he handle a jet sweep? Uh, we can do those. Uh, no, but good for Terrell Bynum. I think that a lot of this roster, too, the guys who made it, especially as the undrafted free agent, or sorry, not the roster, the practice squad, a lot of the guys who stuck around, whether veterans or undrafted free agents, it was all about that consistency. And I don't know if Bynum had as much training camp consistency uh, to start, but I feel like maybe even from the scrimmage on, it just seemed like I just saw him always involved a couple of times, whether it's the second team, third team. Uh, so good for him. I don't know what role he'd occupy. He kind of just seemed like an odd man out compared to somebody else who had just a, a more explosive skill set, yeah. but he was consistent. So guys like Doss, guys like Bynum, definitely not explosive, and that could be problematic in the future, but at least they were consistent in camp. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, got a super chat earlier from uh, Make the Transition. He says, good morning from Bahrain. He's hoping his deployment ends in time for the 23 season. Uh, I'm hoping that as well. Thank you for your service. Uh, hope you and everybody over there stays safe. And uh, hopefully you get to uh, watch some games this year. Do you just like not know when your deployment ends? I don't know how that works. Like you don't have like a, I don't know. Do you have to wait till the job's done? Like what? what is the, I don't know. I'm asking as a complete idiot. Um, yeah. I don't know how that works, but yeah, yeah thank you. I've, hopefully you're I've, hopefully you're done because like the tw the 23 season starts in 10 days so like i feel like you maybe know but i guess not i don't know yeah we've got a few uh military members who uh watch the show obviously our guy jason uh who was our co-host initially um anthony hopper who's a good friend of the show so i don't know uh i i don't know how that works i don't know if you get like to pick your assignments or what so hopefully uh you, you guys do um, okay, finishing up the practice, um, the Chargers decided to bring back obviously Hunter Camp Moyer as as kind of that other tight end, and then the last one that last thing that we haven't talked much about is Matt Hankins, the quarterback, the cornerback, excuse me, from Iowa who played on the Falcons and then was in the USFL here. So this is my one maybe concern is that the Chargers only have one corner mm -hmm. on the practice squad and only two defensive backs with Dean Marlowe. A um, little bit surprised that a guy like Cam Brown is still out there. Um, you know, I, I would have loved mm. for Tywan Mullen to be the guy that they kept, but he chose to go elsewhere. So um, Matt Hankins is really their only cornerback on the practice squad. What did you make of of that decision, Tyler? Uh, the, I think Amichi Ozadinma is also back on the practice oh, squad. Oh, is he? Yeah, I, I saw something earlier, and then I just looked it up. He's on their practice squad listings for the Chargers website. I'll be completely honest. Didn't watch him. Uh, is he the one that was like playing receiver sometimes too? Oh, that I don't know. That I do not know. <laughs> but like my my guess honestly would have been, unless Mullen's path is to starting is easier on the Eagles practice squad, I kind of figured it would have been Mullen or Brown. I mean, there was a debate that it maybe those guys could have made the roster. 
And so a surprise that it's Izodinma here. Um, I don't know if he has a really elite RAS, and that's what they're interested in. But I feel like they had two guys who had you know different skill sets, different roles, but it looked like they were pretty good guys to hang on to. And so for both of them to be gone was a bit of a surprise. Um, but again, like AJ Finley, these guys see them every day in the film room, at the practice field, open to media, closed to media. So he must have left a pretty good impression. Eddie's saying that Udazima is on IR. Okay, here's the thing. I thought they did an injury settlement with him. I thought they did too. So I, somebody else said on Twitter earlier that he was on the practice squad. Okay. But I thought there was an injury settlement, and Eddie thinks that he's on IR. I'm confused. <laughs> well, okay. When you start getting to this part of the roster, I really... Uh... Yeah, so he was waived with an injury designation. I swear there was something about him making the practice squad. And then he is currently on the Chargers website. Not now, I, I definitely saw somebody say that he was on the practice squad. But like Eddie, I also saw that he was on IR. Right. Well, do you... If you're on IR on the practice squad, do you still stick around? I'm conf- I don't know. I gotta find where he's actually on IR because I know he was. Waiting. <laughs> I know he's waited with an injury settlement. I just don't know if he was. Okay. And I guess whenever you return, you can return. I don't know. Yeah. ESPN did say that the San Diego Chargers uh, claimed Tanner Muse. So I don't know if you saw that, but. Oh yeah, I saw that. <laughs> No, I saw that for sure. Like I was like, come on, man. It's been like eight years. Like, look, I, I get maybe at first it's difficult, but in eight years, I'm not gonna refer to my wife as her with her last name, the previous last name. Like, I'll use my name. Like you 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 figure it out, you work through it. I don't know how you make that mistake. Like who it feels like such a long time ago. San Diego feels like such a long time ago. Yeah. I haven't even come remotely close to making that slip up. And yeah, there are people who will like uh, do it like deliberately, I think. But like, oh, yeah, no, been... yeah, no, definitely. There are definitely people with the last name Kaplan who would love to probably do that, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, but you're ESPN. Like, like, how does that happen? Like, come on. Um, yeah, so that's that's the practice squad. I don't, we'll see what happens there, but. Um, the Chargers right now have 16 spots taken. Uh, Xander Horvath was at the Chargers facility today despite being cut. So I think it's safe to say he's going to be on the practice squad. So that's that's the 17. So there we have it there. Uh, Tyler, any final thoughts on the practice squad? Overall, really, really good group. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm still concerned about tackle, even just the third one on the roster. But overall, I really like the mix of, of rookies, of veterans, a lot of potential versus a lot of experience. Really, really good group. You know, someone was saying, is this the deepest roster in the NFL from 53 to practice squad? I don't know, but it's certainly, I think, the best I've felt about the practice squad in a while. Like a lot of guys, they were very lucky to retain. Um, although I said that yeah. last year about Michael Bandy. And I mean, for a practice squad player, I think it was very good to retain him based on what he did in the preseason. But you can right. see the trajectory and the ceiling for growth in guys like Clark, like Farmer, like Allen, et cetera. Whereas, whereas Bandy was a great story and productive, but 
but he had a limited ceiling. Yeah. No, I agree. I think from a Chargers perspective, this is the best I've felt about the practice squad. Usually it's a lot of, you know, projecty guys. This is like you mentioned earlier, this is by far the most experienced group of practice squad players. I think they address their needs outside of tackle, although I think that could be uh, Zach Bailey. But, you know, I, I'm a big fan of how they went about this. And Nick Van Ann, I think, ends up playing for this team at some point. I think Dean Marlowe ends up playing at some point for this team. So those are reliable, trustworthy veterans that I think can really come in and, and, and stabilize the depth uh, uh, on the charter. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm excited about this group. Um, and yes, as uh, Eddie points out, I was just going to bring that up. So yep. season three of All In premieres on September 7th, next Thursday, a week from today. And Chargers released an amazing, amazing trailer um, today, which if you have not seen it, definitely go check that out. Um, we were getting so many questions about if it was going <laughs> to happen on like in the show, in our Discord, on Twitter. Um, mum was the word because we could not spoil it, but, uh, you know, I'm very, very excited for this. And I think the Chargers are going to be doing a fantastic job. Um, the rehab process of JC Jackson is going to be covered. The team is going to address the Jacksonville Jaguars game. So uh, I think this is going to be way more intense of a start to all in than it has been in the past. Yeah. I think they start the trailer with like, okay, week 18. Are you thinking about it? Have you moved on from it? You know, of course, Daly says, I think about it every day. Yeah. Sometimes I think about it every day. <laughs> and I'm not the coach <laughs> for the Chargers. Um, yeah. But then I, I think what really, really got me was just seeing the rehab process for JC Jackson. Yeah. So how, how much they covered, I don't know. But it's just watching him go through it. Very emotional. It seems like they've taken quite a bit of time. Like he's documented it, sure. But they're going to get quite a bit. I don't know how much the cameras are able to roll. When someone's doing rehab, you know, I don't know how much, you know, it's a very private thing, I would assume. It's very emotional, very difficult. Um, so whatever they got in terms of that sounds, uh, I don't know if fun's the right word, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's it's going to be great. Um, did, you heard all the stories about Staley going and talking with Steve Kerr this summer, right? Yeah. What did you make of that? <laughs> um... I don't know. We we never talked about it on the yeah. show because like we were there were too many other things. But you know, I, he talked about a lot about his experience with the Warriors and you know working with Steve Kerr and how the Warriors came back from losing the three one finals to the Cavs. And granted, it's very different, right? Because you have fifteen players versus ninety to sit to fifty three. But you know, I, I liked what he said. I think it was on the K Adams show when he was saying that, like, as a coach, you have to show your players, like, I'm also working to improve. Mm, and so okay. I, I think he does deserve some credit for, like, seeking out some unique ways to show how to properly respond from that kind of event. Yeah, he is. I think it can be used as meme material, potentially. But in terms of what he did and why he was doing it, kind of like you explained, he is a teacher at heart. His family is very much so from a, a, a realm of teachers, right? They've got that lineage. And all his coaches are teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, half of them were actually teachers. And the best ones are able to not just stick with their own thing and their own way of teaching, and that's it. You don't have all the answers. There are people out there, whether it's experience or success, different backgrounds, who you can have share things with you to help rebound in those tough situations. So 
it's it's tricky because sharing that is definitely something that it could be some bulletin board material trying to make a joke haha but at the same time and i think the way you put it was great i didn't i didn't hear that from staley i'm going to show my players i'm improving too and i think that's that's cool that's really really cool and like the the belief in him is off the charts Um, as far as i can tell the belief in him off the charts every time you walk around it's just like the vibe is that everyone wants to show how smart and amazing Brandon Staley is. Honestly, that's what the vibe seems to be. So I think doing stuff like that is how you endear yourself to everyone in the building. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it shows like a, a real growth mindset from him. And I mean, we talked about, you know, how Dean Marlowe shows how quickly he's came in into the NFL, right? Because <laughs> Dean Marlowe played for him at uh, James Madison University. Dean Marlowe's been in the league for like eight years. And in those eight years, Brandon State has gone from James Madison to head coach of the Chargers. Mm-hmm. And it like rises like that can really get to people's heads, you know, in, in any mm-hmm. kind of industry. And so I think him seeking out these kind of opportunities to learn really shows that he is doing his best to make sure that he continues to improve and continues to grow as a leader. And I think it'd be very easy for him and for any coach that's risen through the ranks like him to just say, hey, you know what? I got here on my own stuff. I'm just going to trust myself, trust my my staff. And he went out and and sought some outside information and input and advice. And I think that mm-hmm. that does say a lot about just his overall style as a coach. Yeah, and it's cool that he's able to just call up Steve Kerr. Yeah, Steve apparently Steve they're Kerr. like boys. <laughs> hey, man, that's awesome. Yeah, got to use those connections. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's going to do it for us tonight. Appreciate everybody for uh, tuning in. I definitely did not think that there would be uh, this many people in the chat at nine o'clock on a Thursday after a Utah game, but I uh, appreciate it. Appreciate Tyler for being flexible. Um, we're going to be going live on Saturday with Alex. Alex will be making his return and we're going to dive into some of our NFL regular season predictions. Uh, very excited about that. I've been messing with the playoff predictor, trying to figure out how I feel about certain teams and uh, some of it makes me very nervous, especially in the NFC, but uh, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to revisit what our predictions were last year. Um, forget about it. Those that exist anymore. <laughs> uh, the whole different year. We'll go hundred percent this year. Thank yeah. goodness. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very interesting this year. The AFC is, is, is crazy, man, but mm-hmm. it's going to be a lot of fun. Football is 10 days away for the chargers. Um, a lot of great stuff coming, of course. We're going to have a great interview uh, on the Chargers channel, previewing that game, and then we'll have our deep dive back on a regular scheduled basis next week as well. So appreciate all you guys. Again, go check out uh, the Chargers channel. Make sure to watch that video if you haven't yet. Make sure to like, subscribe, leave us a rating review, all that good stuff. We appreciate all of you. That's going to do it for us tonight. As always, bolt up. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.